Campfire, a podcast, three dudes kicking it around the fire discussing the day's hot topics, their opinions, and all kinds of banter. Sit back, relax, tune in, and feel the warmth as the red light is about to turn on. What's in the basement? I got a bottle of scotch in every room in my house, okay? <laughs> you never know when you need some scotch. I don't have scotch, but I got rum. You need to strategically place scotch around your house just like you do weapons. Fuck yeah, you do. Oh, no. It's the only way to truly be prepared. And I got the camera on. Woo. Oh, your bottle's low like mine. Like so low, it's sad. But I've had it for a year. That lasted you a year? Yeah. About that. Well, no, this is probably... I bought it near my birthday, so, like, summer. Whew. But I don't drink, dude. Are we red light on yet? Red light's been on. Oh, shit. all that on there. Welcome, everyone. For a minute, they've waited while yeah. we just talked like that. That was great. Welcome, it's everyone. Good to be back. We had a little little mini hiatus there, but it's okay. Episode eight, man, we did take quite a hiatus last year. I think we 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 skipped from Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then we had it hard. And hell, it, I don't think we've had one. Hang on, we didn't. We haven't that? taken much of a break since we started until now. Yeah, but this yeah. one we had was December twenty first. I think we had one right before Christmas. Okay, yep. I, yeah. it, it feels like it's been a lot longer. It does the way it's all it all looped out. Yeah, it always always feels like a long time since you hung out with your buddies. You know, all right? Yeah. Well, been a lot going yeah. on, folks. I mean, Keith's been working his dick in the dirt. All kinds of tech problems in his world, and you know we'll have families, and me and Nick had our practices and gig, and our first gig went well. It was and, it, it was successful. I feel like we kicked the year off right, got it off to a good start. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was a success, and then fuck, we've all been sick. I don't know about you, Keith, but shit. Oh yeah. yeah. I've been sick three times in the past month and a half. Damn. That never happens. It's because you never that. You didn't get that COVID shot. That's probably what it is. Booster. Recode your (laughs) DNA to know not to get sick anymore. Now you see. I watched Jurassic Park recently, and I figured out what happens when you try to fuck with, you know genetic shit and you just we don't know enough we don't know enough that's well, yeah, well what is that you nature fucking... finds a way there you go keith as as my beautiful daughter said on new year's eve when she she dressed as me we nick had the new year's eve party as he usually does and it was a costume party 
and it was 80s theme costume party nice so my youngest daughter her costume was me and me i love dr ian malcolm so anybody that dressed up had to you know perform or do do an act nice so 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 she she wore a pair of uh you know basketball shorts and a t-shirt and a baseball cap and she carried around an empty bottle of whiskey with some apple juice in it and an empty <laughs> an empty uh mike's harder can and for her for her for her act it was fucking classic for her act she uh she she performed a phone call between me and nick because <laughs> she has to hear this shit all the time so she picked up her phone and we, we let her swear for this one. She picked up her phone with her whiskey in her hand and she said, Hi! <laughs> what the fuck you day? Oh, I'm just sitting here getting ready to do a podcast, uh, fucking around on the computer. I was going to do a little research and uh, see if uh, life really can find a way. <laughs> Yeah, because life does uh find, find a way, way. every uh, time. Finds a way. Thank you, Doctor Ian. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, the the book is vastly different from the movie, and I love the book. Uh, it's got very little to do with dinosaurs. If you're intelligent and you actually get what Michael Crichton's using dinosaurs to say. You but, pronounced uh, it wrong. It, according to that piece of DNA, it's pronounced dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Dino-DNA. No. Um, but... Uh, it's really about the 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 chaos theory, and it's about meddling with genetic powers, and uh, not that anybody would do that or try to, you know, rewrite human right. DNA. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Anyway, um, uh, it it's it's really about complex systems and how it's impossible to. Uh, to uh, interpret how these systems are going to act, okay? And that's what Jurassic Park was. It was a complex system. They were trying to control life using all this modern technology, and it was doomed to failure from the get-go because that's impossible. One Chaos crack, theory. Yes, one little crack in the system is all it takes. And the crack already exists in the system. It's just so small and so deep in the system, you can never see it. Once the system starts, it's a runaway train. It's going. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And every step of the way, that crack goes, grows bigger and bigger until there's catastrophic failure. And I think this every spring, every single spring, when we go out there and we start farming, I'm like, this, this is just one big complex system that is a minor detail away from catastrophic failure you know and it, it's like that with so many different things 
I, Especially I, dino DNA. Dino DNA. Found in but amber. It, if we're going to talk about how we've been, you know, this is our, our uh, what were you calling this episode, Joe? This is our viral episode, folks. This is our viral episode. Because so we're going, sick. Uh, we're going to make a vaccine that rewrites human DNA. And we don't know near enough about this shit to do that. We're playing with powers that we cannot even comprehend. All right. These well, are... we're already booted off of YouTube. Cool. All right. Yeah, thank well, you, Odyssey and Rumble. Systems, <laughs> we are dealing with systems that are unfathomably complex. And I know we've got all these amazing computers and we've been able to map the human genome and all this shit. I get it. We can map it. We can look at it. That doesn't mean you can change it and you can manipulate it and know what the outcome of that is going to be. Yeah. And, by the way, <laughs> in Star Trek, they fought a fucking war over this shit. The eugenics war. Yeah, they did. They did. Genetic engineering was illegal. Human, they were manipulating humans and creating a, a, a whole race of super superhumans. Yeah, and just that class society that they would create by that is just crazy, dude. And that's the natural thing that would happen. I mean, we've already taken the first step towards that by just creating that vaccine. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll mix that idea with AI, and and that's a scary fucking thought right there. I'm hearing that they're trying to put that stuff and use it for, like, plants and everything, too. The way that they are trying to set that mRNA up, they're trying to do that with different plant species. Yeah, that's what so we need. You can. That's what we need. Okay. Do it before it's right. germed. That makes me think of um, the Little Shop of Horrors. Fuck yeah, dude! I mean, there's a lot of mad chemist shit going on in the world here. Fuck yeah, dude! And you know, coming from the agriculture world, this shit's going on with plants all the time. You know, it's not—it's not just that the seed companies are like, you know, uh, hybriding plants breeding one species to another naturally out in the field they do that they do a lot of that they do a lot of that but well, that's that's fairly natural there is a touch of genetic manipulation there where um they have taken um genes from cactus and tried to breed that into a corn uh hybrid make it drought resistant and they found it's more efficient instead of trying to breed several generations of corn to get that one trait that they want out of a hybrid they can go into the genetic structure and kind of copy and paste certain genes that they uh, have identified 
as carrying the trait that they want to put into this hybrid. So, yeah, well, good luck um, taking those shortcuts because uh, life finds a way. It does. It does. There's a give and take, and on the producer side, there is a difference. There is a little bit of a difference there. Now, um, viral episode, folks. There's going to be a lot of coughing going episode. on. So bear with us. Uh, I'm not even going to have a voice by the end of this episode. That's going to happen. Now, the number one thing in 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 the agriculture world, in, in the hybrid seed, what we call traded seed, um, the yield increase over the last 20 years is phenomenal. Phenomenal. We're talking like 100% yield increases in no time. Now, soil sciences and agronomy overall has been jumping at light speed over the last 20 to 30 years. I mean, we are learning oh, so much so fast. It really is. It, it's incredible. And uh, I guess we just have the technology there to really you know, get down to the brass tacks of this and apply real true science to the trade. So, to science. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, agriculture is a scientific practice. It's That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. You learn every year. And, you know, no two years are the same. You're fighting different weather conditions, soil conditions. Everything's different. There's always new challenges. But using the science that we have at our fingertips now makes it a lot easier to really manage uh, manage a crop and keep it healthy out there. And these hybrid seeds that we're using make us able to do that. Okay, we can really identify and plan for what that crop is going to need, you know, based on the inherent traits of that hybrid. You know, we know how it's going to behave. That really helps a lot. And the quality we can produce an incredibly high quality product, um, especially when we talk about insecticides. Now, the insects are out there. They're going to be feeding on that crop. I don't care what. It's, it is impossible to stop them. All you can really do is manage them. Now, there's two ways to do that. The first way is with pesticide and it's evil nasty shit i don't like it the consumers don't like it we don't like spraying it i think the pesticides and herbicides and antifungals are probably contributing to a lot of the health problems we are experiencing in the west okay well let me tell you how we can move away from using these pesticides and herbicides with genetically modified seeds. Good, seeds. do it. When we use what we call BT corn, okay, BT does not mean biotech. Uh, 
uh, it's actually, I can't think of the trait name, but that's the name of the trait. That makes it so that when a bug comes along and bites that corn, he dies. One bite, he's going to die. Okay. It mm. makes that plant resistant to many of the uh, invasive species for the corn. Well, what's that do? What's that do to me when I when I have nothing. some corn nuts or nothing? Uh, eat an ear of corn. The exact same science that you know is put into creating this has also been put to work on the other end of it, looking at the product and then making sure that it's safe for human consumption. But and it is safe for human consumption. But if we look over a a grand testing you know like sample i mean if we're talking over the last 30 years we would now be seeing cancerous things i would think by now after you mean how everybody's dying of cancer now i I mean it's not it's not being caused by people using microwaves in their home you're right i I mean you Uh, can't link it to one thing that's why i think that hard to say but i don't i wouldn't it rule is. it out right but it could be i don't a want to rule it out or... either i'm just telling you that we know we know pouring pesticides to these crops to try and produce a good conventional crop right is bad for people it's bad for people we know that that's why we've taken this route so we either kill all the bugs which will devastate an ecosystem. Absolutely. That's a horrible idea. We need the bugs. You you sound like Uncle Ted right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's why I'm saying that there's a certain amount of this uh, genetic stuff that it, I believe is a good thing. You know, what we're doing out here in the agriculture world, it's working, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate, as you typically do. I'm with you. I would rather have GMOs than now, pesticides and herbicides. That's not to say that everything that's going on with that plant is happening, you know, with actual genetic modification and pulling genes out. There's very little of that plant that is actually done that way. It's still a selective breeding program. Yeah. All right. And it's very similar to, uh, well, if anybody's familiar with livestock, that's what you do with livestock. It's what we do is it's, it's, it's how we procreate our species. Also husbandry. Yeah. It's husbandry. You know, with, cattle these days they will flush an egg out of one cow and they will transplant it into another cow and then artificially inseminate it with a bull that's not even on that farm right might not even be in that country that poor bull didn't even get to fuck that cow right that's that's that i'd be pissed that were that were my seed is it that wagyu bulls then Mm. Sorry. Now, uh, one of my buddies, he's got a cow. 
This is right here in good old backyard Ohio, but he's got a cow, and uh, this cow is actually half Wagyu, okay? And uh, they just took her and had her bred. They got some full Wagyu bull semen, all right? They, they are using her egg. They're not doing the system like they said, like I said before. She will be the full mother to this calf. So they're going to drop a calf. And hopefully it's a bull calf that they can fatten out for two years. And they're going to have a whole Wagyu beef. Now, wait, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. In my ignorance, I'm going to stop you. Because pretty sure. It from won't where be I'm, true Wagyu. Because of the feed. Wagyu beef is fed on. Uh, a specific type of True. olive, okay, olive isn't it olive that, meal uh there is a very specific diet that goes into them they're fed twice as long as a normal steer would be and it, isn't it olive and, olive pits on uh i don't know and it's from a specific area of japan i do I'm know sure. i know it's from japan no grain but i get you it's there's wagyu genetics but yeah. there's no what created that, that what created those genetics partially was that that feed i'm gonna google this because i'm pretty sure i also thought there was something that for it to be truly i mean we call it wagyu now that's almost become a breed and or 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 a a, a type if you want to but i'm pretty sure true wagyu has to come from a certain region in japan yeah i think that that's part of it now i but think course, like like i said they're selling bull semen so you know you could have a calf whose sire his father is back in japan and a full wagyu bull yeah. So if you could buy a full Wagyu cow here in the United States, bam, you can drop full Wagyu calves on the ground, fatten them out, and start selling Wagyu beef, American Wagyu. Have either of you guys ever had Wagyu beef? Oh, no. yeah. Uh-huh. Like a, an actual Wagyu steak? Yep. No. I would love to try it. Is it good? It's so fucking good. I had it in Texas. It looks good. It was that so marbling, I, I would really love to try it. That marbling in those in those steaks is a good scotch and a wagyu steak. Oh god! So, you know, I, like I, gotta, I, I laugh because I see all these TikToks online of these guys who get the tiniest little portion of wagyu. I know it's very expensive cut of beef. It's very expensive, mm-hmm. but they get this little like one or two ounce portion. All right, and they fry this up, and they set it all out on the plate, and it's like two fucking bites. That's, That's all I it. had. Yeah, but I got yeah. it front with people at work, so they all went in, and we all had like this ten ounce, and we cut it up against seven people. So okay, it's about an ounce and a quarter or so. If you don't mind me asking, how much did that cost in total? I didn't know. 
Oh, it was okay. picked up by someone else, so I was like, fuck yeah, I'm done. <clears throat> Hell yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah. I, I just want to try it. Dude, it's good. Do you know, like, how um, duck fat is on on meat and stuff? It reminds Actually, no, I don't. I've never had it. Dude, it's so good. If you could get some duck fat, That's dude, finishing that on... Sweet. Really? Well, Why? Okay, the duck fat is okay, but especially as a finisher, itself, dude, I'm not a fan. Dude, you have to cook it right. If you don't cook it right, it definitely could go wrong real fast. Dude, that's what they say about cow tongue, and that's what they say about swordfish, and none of it was any good. They say that about liver too, beef liver. Fuck dude, that. No beef liver. Oh man, dude! Beef liver and onions. Oh fuck, liver and dude! Onions is fucking delicious. It, dude, I can make that shit fucking choice tasting. Trust me, from a fat guy. Same damn thing, but I just I can't. I, can't. I mean, I get it. The liver is a filter, and it's it's, it's an off-putting thought. I grew up in a house. Where if you didn't eat what was made for dinner, you went hungry. Me too. And when Mimo made liver and onions, I went hungry. I fucking bashed. I went <laughs> hungry. I did that with lima beans. And then all of a sudden I was like, dude, lima beans are great if I use it like this. Fucking then bash. Yeah. It's funny you mention that. I made a, a new recipe tonight. It's called a one-pot dinner. Fuck yeah, dude. It's not a new recipe. My mom makes it, but my like I've never made pot. it for my family. It's uh, I used pound of ground beef, pound of pork sausage, pound yeah. of bacon, yeah, two cans of pork and beans, Van de Kamp's pork and beans. Beans. Beans and uh, can of kidney beans and a can of butter beans, which are lima beans, and then some seasonings and stuff, a little ketchup, a little brown sugar. Oh man, that's why my tongue is burning. Yes, sir. Nice. It, it's so good. I had that in the crock pot for the past six hours, Dude. and my stomach's just growling the whole oh. time. And made some cornbread with it. Mm. Mm. God Fuck damn. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Man. I get uh I get my hogs butchered by guy up the road here. He's just opened up his shop. And damn good butcher. But he's got a few of his own seasonings he puts into his sausage. So the last pig I had cut. Uh, I told him, you know, just give me a mix of all of it. So he's got a, a maple that's really good. I like it because it's not an overpowering maple. Most maples, maple sausage is just so heavily mapled. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. This is perfect. It's, it's the hint of maple, right? And you got to balance it with some sage. Yeah. Yes, and he's dude. got an excellent Italian. I mean, his Italian is the shit. It really is, but by far his best is his jalapeno. And once again, it is the perfect 
the perfect amount of jalapeno. Okay. You 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 don't really get any burn from it, really. You get there's heat there. There's heat. But it's a lot more in that flavor. Oh man. It is so damn good. Hey, remember that uh remember that bonfire we went to up there on Smith Road at at the corner there by Yes. That jalapeno sausage was fucking good. I'll put it up against his jalapeno sausage all day. And I know who cuts their pigs, so I've had it. It was I've good. Had it. And I'll tell you, this guy's better. Definitely. And to everybody still buying sausage in the store, don't do that. Go out, find you a farmer that's got some hogs. Buy the whole damn hog. Get your chops, your bacon, and all the sausage. You keep it in the freezer, and you get a lot better quality meat. And none of the processing. Uh, I tell you that stuff we can get down there. At, uh, that stuff we get down there in Christiansburg, they got damn good sausage. Damn good sausage. Yeah. Yeah, they get good stuff in there. Nice and fresh. And that seasoning, they got... I like a lot of sage in my pork sausage. Fuck you. Sage and pepper. That's where it's at. Yeah. But anyhow, I guess we've been sitting here talking farming for the past 30 minutes. How far? I'm talking eats. I'm ready to eat. I'm fucking hungry already. I'm starving now. (laughs) I I, I didn't live so far out in the boonies because I'd be door dashing something here right now. uh, No shit. God. I'm not in the boonies, but I ain't door dashing. Yeah, door dashing expensive. I only do that when it's on the company time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Keith, um, Seeing as how the other special thing tonight is uh, the Iowa caucus, how's Trump doing currently? What's what's the count? So far, everyone is calling it for Trump. Um, I think last time I saw there was 20 or 30 percent um, reporting. reporting in. Yeah. How much does DeSantis have? Is he second? I don't He's see that right now. Everything just talks about Trump right now. I'm trying to find the exact listing. Okay. And where's Dan Quayle on the list? <laughs> Dead last. Well, we know Chris Christie ain't in there anymore. <laughs> nope. Poor old Chris Christie. Oh, fuck Chris Christie. He's a fucking shill just like... You know, Keith, that shit you sent me today about Vivek. Yeah. That pisses me off because the things he says are fucking on point. But then you catch him on a hot mic saying some Obama shit and you're like, God damn it. God damn it. But it, it just it you son of a bitch. It just goes to show what we've kind of felt all along. 
Vivek is only doing this. He he doesn't think he's gonna win. Yeah, I don't think he so. just wants to be VP, or he wants a podcast, or both, or a book. So okay, I have it now. In <clears throat> so Donald Trump has twenty two point two percent currently. Ron DeSantis has twenty point three percent. Uh, Nikki Haley has 18.9%, and we're sitting at 38% votes in. How many votes in? Uh, 38%. Uh, Vivek 38%. is I'm sitting at 7.7%. So, well, Nikki Haley the only <clears throat> female candidate? Yeah. yeah. So the, the reason why Nikki Haley, hold on, let me switch the screen so that I'm on there too. Nikki um, Haley's a fucking piece of garbage. So they're having the Democrats going in and having their people, the constituents, going in and changing to be able to vote for the Republicans. And they're supposed to be backing Nikki is what the whole thing is. There's like emails and stuff that were found them soliciting that to happen. So I think that that's where her number is being pulled up. I think that you probably have a... I would say probably closer to 10% of her 18.7% being solely those Democrats doing that. You know, and that's that's the thing you'll have with these, these caucus states. It, it, it opens up a lot of corruption. I mean, there's right. there's opportunity for corruption in, in normal states, but this caucus bullshit, I don't like it. Right. I don't like it at okay. all. I was going to ask a question. I got two questions to ask here tonight. Then I'll shut up on this. But the first is, aside from a mountain range in Eastern Europe, caucus. What, what are what is a caucus, and how is it different from our primary like we have here? Anybody? Yeah, so so let's talk about what a primary is in a state like Ohio. We go vote at the polls. Just like a normal election. Yes. But you declare your party. You have to declare your party to vote because you either get a Republican ticket or a Democrat ticket when you go vote in the right. primary. Correct. Right. So you're yeah. actually declaring a party. In a caucus state, and I'm, I'm not 100% clear on this because I live in Ohio, not Iowa or South Carolina or New Hampshire. Um, there, it, It's more like it, it's a mix between like electoral college idea and um, uh, yeah, I, I guess more like an electoral college thing, where in the in your state you get together in your community, and oh, that's what I was going to say. It's more like uh, an electoral college idea and a rank choice voting idea. It's a, it's okay. a mix between the two. So okay. you get you get together in your group, whether it's um. In, in your town or in your county 
or at your fucking house. And and you have conversations. You cast your vote in your group. And you say, all right, first of all, we want we want Ron DeSantis as our number one. There's our vote. Then you send a delegate to vote in the election, kind of like the Electoral College. You send a delegate to vote. Okay. Then, okay, you voted for Ron DeSantis. Your, your group voted for Ron DeSantis. But Ron DeSantis isn't going to win because he doesn't have enough votes. Then your delegate comes back and says, well, he's not going to win. What do we want to do? Then your group says, all right, our second choice is Trump. Then the delegate goes back. <laughs> Excuse me, viral episode. Then the delegate goes back and says, all right, Trump's our vote now. That's essentially how that works. Okay. Uh, and I'm, that's that's a very layman way of explaining it, but it's just my stupid understanding because, you know, we have a, a pure democracy in our state here in Ohio. Yeah, it seems way more organized the way that we run it. But I, I don't like the caucus idea because your delegate is subject to the possibility of corruption. You know, your delegate goes and casts the vote for the group and and if the delegate is swayed to think, hey, your vote isn't going to matter because Ron DeSantis isn't going to win, then, then, he, then the delegate comes back to the group and says, hey, Ron's not going to win. Do you want to change your vote? Let's have the conversation. Well, there's there's too much possibility for corruption there. Like, go go cast the vote. If it seems like Ron's not going to win, well, what makes that delegate not think Ron is going to win? That that's how we voted. So why are we going to change our vote? And this happened, I think, in New Hampshire back in. Uh, 2016 when Bernie and Hillary were running Bernie got robbed bad because of these caucus states especially I think in, I think it was New Hampshire might have been Iowa I can't remember is that what but, it was yeah Bernie got totally fucked because of the the super PACs that were involved in all of this convinced the delegates that, hey, Bernie's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. You need to go back to your constituents or whatever they're called in that case and and make them change their vote. And then, bam, there you go. Hillary's, Hillary's going to win the primary for the Democrats. 
Uh, I thought that was dirty as fuck. Now, granted, fuck Bernie. He's a fucking communist. I'm glad he was never even considered as president. But this has happened to that guy so many fucking times. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's shady as fuck. I don't like it. Not one fucking bit. And I'm I'm not here to say that, you know, the way we run our primaries and and some of these non caucus states is clean. I mean Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's totally fucked. Well yeah. With they think- early voting and how they cast their ballots and all that it's totally yeah. fucked. The Dropbox ballots such a horrible yeah. thing, dude. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> but no voter ID and all that shit. So there's a a listing on here that Chris Christie actually got 20 votes. 20. People just feel sorry for that, that bastard. I mean, you could, I guess you can vote for whoever you want to. Yeah. I mean, if you get a group together, 20 people that want to vote for Chris Christie... Well, dude, you can do it. dude speaking about that whole shit, like if they would ever take off Trump from a primary, if that's on a primary ballot, you're allowed to write in and you're allowed to write in who you want. And if people yeah. just would write Trump, they have no way of fucking yeah. with that. I don't know how that would work in a, I mean, I guess you could do that in the caucus state because obviously they're doing it with Chris Christie. Because Chris Christie dropped out of the race last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. He announced last week he dropped out of the race. However, you know, that leads me to want to discuss what's going on in Maine and Colorado and maybe another state or two. Well, so Colorado. I know where you're going. Colorado yeah, already had the. But, Keith, to your point. Even if they're not on the ballot, you still vote for them. Nick, I can go vote for you even though you're not running. Right. Yes, I know. Don't. Not that I would because you're a fucking communist. So, Maine, the, the, he has the... Go fuck yourself, bitch. But yeah, Keith, to your point, they, they can... Yeah. Sorry. You can vote for whoever you want, even if they're not on the ballot. And if they jump from these ballots in these states, which they, Colorado did, I don't know if Maine actually has or not officially, but um, this is going to the Supreme Court, by the way. Yeah, so update on that is that Colorado already got turned over and he's already back on. And then also Maine has finally got it to where he's off, but then they're in litigation to change that back, just like they had before. Oh, he's so, back on in Colorado? Yep. Yep. They are cited again on the repeal. So Who did? did the, the courts. The state Supreme Court? Yep. I believe oh, so. Oh, good. Good. So. Who was it that took him off? Was it the Secretary of State? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 that's fucking insanity. That is fucking insanity. And, you know, I don't think we've talked about this since we haven't done a podcast in a few weeks. They literally took Trump off the fucking, the front runner for the Republican ticket. They took him off the ballot in Colorado. 
That's on 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 grounds of insurrection under the Fourteenth Amendment. Can he was someone never found guilty of insurrection? Motherfucker, he was never charged with insurrection. Yeah. He's never even been charged with it. Never been indicted, never been charged. And they just arbitrarily were like, yep, insurrection. That's not how the law works, folks. The law is not about public opinion. The law is about due process. Due process? Charge him. Take him to trial. Convict him. Then we'll talk about it. Then we'll think about it. Right. Hey, we just got an update. They're now fifty-one or fifty-three percent reported in, and Trump is still winning at forty-nine point five percent. Nikki Haley did jump up to twenty point three percent from her eighteen point nine percent. She just had a little bit to go, and then Ron is pretty much about the same at twenty-one point seven percent. Vivek actually went down a little bit to seven point seven percent. Oh, and Christy got three more votes, so he's now up to 23. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, 0.015%? <laughs> uh, right now, it just says zero, zero. So. Uh, yeah, right. They're not even caring at this point. Now, you this know, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away that, that Ron DeSantis has not done better in this, in this race. Dude, and the sad thing is he's put in most of his campaign money into campaigning here in Iowa. Yeah, he's done a lot of fo- a lot of groundwork in Iowa. But he, like, I don't know, like he's got all the good qualities of Trump and none of the bad. Yeah. He's he's like if we were to take Trump and make him a GMO and make him resistant to the media and make him resistant to the bureaucracy and make him resistant to uh, the leftists. That's that's Ron DeSantis, and he's getting twenty one percent of the vote in Iowa. Yeah. What the fuck? Again, I still say that it's skewed by at least ten percent on Nikki Haley. Yeah, probably so. I agree with you, but just overall, not just Iowa. Like, why is Trump doing so good against against? Ron DeSantis. Because we've had him already. We want to go back to that that bedfellow that we've already had. Uh, he fucking... Yeah, but it's only four more years, guys. It's only four more years. I get that. And it's almost... It's a lame duck session, basically, is what it's going to be mm. called, you know? So the thing is, is that people are like, hey, this has been done. We've went through this, and the shit was so much fucking greener on that side the love of god give it back to me and that's what it's gonna be but i'm telling you now that they're gonna fucking i want ron to be his fucking vp and that's not going to end up happening no no that's it's not, not gonna, gonna happen, happen. but just won't do that i don't want vivek as his vp i don't want vivek there at all like i'd rather him be like in a cabinet position than be in fucking like i would love to put him in the fucking engine uh, energy department fucking like threw him into that fucking tech sector fucking shit right there and be like bam we need that's to where, fucking radically change our grid 
right, we need to radically change our grid and get this fucking going because no matter what the fuck we're doing, if we're going electric for a lot of shit, we need to fucking handle it instead of doing the stupid fucking, oh, well, you have from five to seven to run your air conditioner and then you have to shut off in this county and then this other county gets to turn on. Like, yeah, and oh, by the way, when it snows on your solar panels, you, you're, you're fucked. Or wind turbines break because of crazy snow and then now you have nothing because you're expecting the wind to be able to give you power i hear you i hear you we need to go back to the old bush fucking turn of 2000 when he had on his plan to fucking build 144 new nuclear plants across our nation to fucking bootstrap our fucking grid out the ass but these are small, they're not the big ones, but they produce big amount of energy that's controlled a lot better. Let's so, think back to the episode we talked about. Fusion. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But but I digress. Uh, we don't need to get into that again. But I'm with you on the Vivek thing, I, I think. To an extent, I mean... I don't think he would be a bad VP. I don't. I think he'd be good. It's wolf in sheep's clothes. But that's what I'm more worried know. about. I don't know, man. I mean, the guy just wants to... He just wants to be something. And, and yeah, maybe he's taking pages of Saul Alinsky's book. Well, one of his speeches, he almost verb like directly listed out Obama. Yeah, Obama. I know. And I'm like, and that's his speech, not just the off air shit. And I'm like, dude, that's where I start worrying about that. I mean, it's not horrible. It's not like well, crushing me. You, what me, you know, you about that. Are you, are you worried that Vivek would run as a conservative and say the things he says that he's going to do? And then end up VP, and then be all about DEI and green energy and all this other bullshit. Or are you worried that uh, yeah, to an extent? Yes. Just, I don't want to have just, a bait and switch, and the biggest thing, and especially with the higher potential risk is Donald Trump could die, and it would successfully go down. Anytime you have someone that's over seventy or even 65, you start running into that potential of the dudes that will probably blink out. And, or if someone gets crazy fanatical and tries to fucking go at him, you know what I'm saying? Life works in cyclical, you know, themes. And that's one that's probably going to come up sooner than later is going to be some assassination shit because, yeah. It's just probably we're due for I it can almost. See that. It's like a fucking earthquake. You know what I'm saying? So if Trump's elected <laughs> a second term, I could see some assassination attempts. God forbid. I don't think that anything will actually work, but you have that risk assessment saying, like, hey, that's a potential. So Yeah, I, I see that, but I, I still don't I think what Vivek is doing is just looking at the the book and this is a non-existent book but 
yeah proverbially thinking he's look he's reading the book that's titled what to say get elected yeah oh i yeah totally. it's the same book that i think obama read yeah but i, I think Vivek and obama have completely opposite views on how to lead the country i think Vivek's views are the right ones and he has just found himself coming under fire because he read that book and he's saying those things I can see that. I, I, that's my personal opinion. I don't think he's up for a bait and switch here. God, I hope not, because like, it, and it sucks because like I'm gun shy to have such a a thing, you know. I, you know, coming up, have being a liberal and being like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that so much with Vivek. I see. I do see where he changes positions according to which way the wind is blowing, but he comes under fire for that a lot. But if if you're in office or are running for office, one of the main jobs you have is to live your constituents. So if you're running on a platform that says, I don't know, um, we're going to, we're going to tear down Joe's house and his two neighbors houses. And then we're going to build one big house. That's my platform. We're going to, we're going to tear down these three, three houses and build one big house. And that's what I'm running on. Cause it's going to be good for all three families. And then all of a sudden, two of those three families say, no, 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 no. I don't like that. You're not going to tear down my house and build one big house for all three families. I would expect that person who's running on that platform to say, oh, all right, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something different. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, we're going to add on to each of those three houses. So that could seem like, oh, well, this politician's just changing because the wind changed direction. Mm. Or maybe is it, well, the politician is listening to his constituents and, and, and changing his position accordingly. Now, Nikki Haley, on the other hand, she's worse about this. She changes her positions wildly. So fast that she has every position. She, she holds every position. And, and those, that's, that's to the extent of cognitive dissonance. Yeah, within like two years, you can easily find videos of her saying the 180 of what she's fighting yeah, against yeah, today. Yeah, when, when she started talking about that thing, I think we talked about it on the podcast a few episodes ago when she was talking about um, having everyone on social media verified for yeah. their, their identity. Exactly. Um, that is the opposite of a conservative position. What would be known today as a conservative position? And honestly, the, the, li the real liberal position is no, nobody needs verified. Fuck the government. We're not verifying our identity with social media. Go fuck yourself. 
that's that's the actual classical liberal position but you know uh, let's be honest uh, these days classically liberal means conservative now because of the overton window shift but she she is not conservative at all no and if she is conservative it's far far right far right which is essentially far left nick you and i have this conversation quite often the political spectrum is not a line it is not from left to right it's a circle at the top of the circle round has no end nazi becomes a socialist in the end exactly (laughs) i i totally feel that way and i think nikki haley is far right she's big government just like the leftists um i've heard her say some things that make me feel like she would subscribe to the dei bullshit so hard so hard with that you know t it's like, what the fuck <laughs> and, and she's getting what 20 21 22 percent of the vote right now in yeah. iowa yeah among um, republicans among conservatives we have 63 percent reported in now we're sitting at 50.6 for trump 21.4 for DeSantis. 19.4 so it went down a little bit for Nikki Haley, and then flatten out is Vivek at uh, seven point seven. So we're expecting roughly around four, only only forty four thousand votes to come in. That's what we're. Did you say Vivek is seven point seven? Seven point seven. Jesus. Oh, and uh, news breaking update: uh, Chris Christie has twenty four now. So he went uh, up by one. <laughs> Now this guy, I'm going to call it a guy. I'm gendering this thing. It's listed as other. They have 60 votes. So they're at at, uh, 0.1% and uh, Christie's at 0.0. You're not allowed to do that. Nikki Haley would be pissed at you for gendering that person. It's probably her other Democrats that are voting for her. Vote under other. Who that other might be? Who could that be? It's probably like uh, quite a few people. There's this guy, Ryan Brinkley, on here. I don't know who he is, but he's at 0.6%. And then Asha Hutchison, or Asia Hutchison. Oh, Asia Hutchinson? Yeah. Is at uh, 129 votes for 0.2%. Wait a minute. Asa Hutchinson, I don't know who that is. That's, uh, oh, uh, Arkansas Gunner. Uh, okay. I didn't even know that must be tight in. He's not running. I, I thought he dropped out. He's not been in the United States. Well, I guess that, may, that, that doesn't mean he dropped out. He just didn't pull high enough to be in the debates, I guess. Because to be in these debates that we see on TV, I think they have to have, uh, they have to be pulling at like three percent or something like that. I don't know for sure, but yeah, there's there's the threshold that you have to pull at to to be in these things. 
Sounds right. I mean, they're looking for, you know, views and all that other shit. So, wouldn't shock me. None in the least. Well, I mean, we all know Trump's going to get the nomination. Yeah, I mean, it's protected. Totally. I don't don't see any way that he's not. I, I haven't seen that since... So they started. I mean, as soon as the poll numbers started coming out, Trump just kept pulling farther and farther ahead. And uh, after the primary and, and all the caucuses, I'd be interested to see how he starts pulling in the general. Because in a lot of polls right now, he's in, in certain polls, he's leading outside the margin of error against Biden. Mm-hmm. Like Big he time. might be president again. I think if if he wins the primary, mm-hmm. there's going to be a a bunch of fuckery going on, mm-hmm. up to and including election interference, like we saw with the media in 2020. There's going to be a whole lot of that, and I really hope that our our states actually will help us and actually keep democracy by getting rid of these fucking drop boxes shit and like all that other stuff and make it say one day voting or early voting at the location at your actual board location so it's police solution here guys because the only solution Um, i can think of i don't like which is federal involvement in the elections i do not like that idea that's a bad fucking idea so here's a question i was going to pose earlier when i said i had two questions this was question number two in theory if trump does not get the primary win or he doesn't get the republican nod what happens then what would trump do and i did want want to wonder what what do you the guys think Trump would do? What would he do? If he um, did, I mean, he'll complain and do all that other stuff, but I don't think he would do anything really radical. He might try to do lawsuit shit and stuff like that. Yeah, but he'll take legal action. He'll use due process, right? And he'll still have lost the nomination. Will but, he run for president? Will he even for president? They go under independent? Because here's what I'm getting at is I think if Trump doesn't get the Republican nod, he's going to go bull moose party. Yeah, he might might go third party. He'll split the fucking ticket and give it to Biden. Yeah, and and then we'll have another Democrat president. Now, that being said, Trump can beat Biden. Though, if they end up screwing us and putting Nikki Haley on the fucking thing, I I hope that he would do that nuclear option and fucking shit up because then I'm about ready to... I don't know. There's a whole lot of prepping that's fucking going through my head right now. No, there's there's no 
fucking way Nikki Haley is going to be our candidate. No No. fucking way. It's DeSantis or Trump. We know that. And think about the supporters of each candidate, especially the DeSantis supporters. If DeSantis loses to Trump and Haley, let's say Trump is one, Haley is two, or vice versa. Those DeSantis voters are not going to vote for Nick Haley. DeSantis voters, if they had to choose between Trump and Haley, they're going Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's the that breaker right there, guys. Nikki Haley's fucked. She's done. I she's been done. done. I, I can't believe she's gone as far as she has. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the woman and she's got a lot of the suburban housewife vote, but because Trump lacks in that. And I would imagine that DeSantis does too, but I don't know. Name another conservative woman you put up. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Okay. I'd be okay with that. Oh, yeah, but she's retired now, isn't she? Yeah, she's pretty old. She didn't want to come back to it. Condoleezza Rice is one of the smartest women one of the smartest people in the American government. Yeah. Her credentials list is like four pages. <laughs> it is ridiculous. So, update. And I'd vote They're... for her in a moment. Heartbeat. Stop. We're sitting at 83%. Still 51% for Trump. 21.3% for Ron. 19.0 for Nikki, and then flat again at 7.7 for Vivek. For Vake. Vivek Ramas. Ramaswamy. Rammy Swammy. That's, uh, yeah. The dude, the dude has got, he's got the charisma. And, and that's why everybody's dogging him. I think it's just Obama being burnt. Had that charisma, right? He had that charisma. Excuse me, I'm gonna have to mute because I gotta clear my throat, guys. You're good, dude. But yeah, like as you're saying, Obama just was crushing it with that charisma and everything. Yeah. And we've been burnt so many times by these people, so it's like worried, gun shy. Like I was saying earlier. Yeah, I hear you, but you know, I I, I can hold. That idea in my head of a charismatic president, I mean, and an effective president. We had Ronald Reagan, folks. He was charismatic and effective all at the same time. We don't have to have someone like Trump who is a bull in a china shop, but still effective. We, we can have both. Right. Dude, okay, so looking at the 
the data and stuff, uh, kind of breaking down the demographics, and I will have reported in so far. So looking at it, the 17 to 29-year-olds, so that you're talking like 18-year-olds that just happened. I don't know why they put 17, but whatever. Um, they have the most is going for Ron DeSantis at 35% with 21 for Trump. Nikki Haley actually has that 23%. So I think that that's where we're also getting that skewed numbers from the Democrats, Democrats. right there. Dirty Democrats. Yep, yep. Fucking dirty Democrats. But then and once you, you hit 30 to 44 and above, you just see it landsliding out to Trump. Anyone that has kids. <laughs> Anyone that Trump. has a job. Yeah. Anyone that has a mortgage, anyone yep. that has a car payment, anyone that buys groceries yep. and fuel and clothes and shoes, Trump. Yep. Fucking Trump. Oh, your dog is so like Trump. wanting to go out and be like, I'm Trump too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a dog. Not getting enough love and attention. Good dog. Well, let's, let, let's shift gears a little bit here because we've been hitting this caucus pretty hard. Let, let's come back to it though in a little bit. Sounds good. After more votes are counted, uh, I don't want to bore the audience with our political opinions. But um, speaking of Trump, let's let's talk about that uh, that TikTok we watched today. Did you get a chance to watch that? He actually just walked away. Um, but let's see. Oh, he here. did. Yeah. So, so the, there's TikTok personality, folks. Um, his, his TikTok handle is the older millennial, and he does a damn good job of logically and rationally owning folks. All the way from the far left to the right on TikTok. And uh, I don't know why I thought that Keith sent this to us today. It was actually me that shared this. I must have been. I, I Now that I look back, I was waiting on my piece of shit work laptop to load a 3D CAD file, which takes like 10 minutes. So I started scrolling through TikTok and I come across this. This guy had a great fucking idea. Essentially, what he said was, "We actually, I have it queued up. If we want to go ahead and play it, if you guys want to mute, and then I'll come back and then let you know it. that it's played if you've already watched it." Do it. All right, give me just a second here to switch this around. All right, uh, give me just two seconds. All right, I'll switch this over. And it's playing. Look, if anyone has any way to get this video to Donald Trump or the people that work for him, please do, because in this video, I am going to offer him a way to help thousands of people while at the same time pissing off everybody in government. So if you got a way to get this to him, get it to him. 
All right, so I recently made a video about all the people getting screwed by the U.S. government in Lahaina. No, all the people that lost their homes in the Maui wildfire. The problem is these people have nowhere to live. They can't go back to their homes because they're blocked out. But they also can't get their insurance payouts because the government is not allowing the insurance investigators to go in and verify that the homes are gone. Which is also enabling the banks to possibly foreclose on these homes, even though the homes probably don't even exist anymore. All the while, these people lost their homes, their jobs, and they're not being helped by the U.S. government. And the real worry is that the banks are going to foreclose on these, the government's going to let it happen, and they're going to redevelop that and sell it all. And here's how Donald Trump can stop all that from happening. All the people who lost their home in Lahaina need to immediately sell all of that land to Trump. And Trump would be able to pay each of them enough money to be able to take care of themselves while all this is going on. While at the same time eliminating all of the influence of the banks and all of the influence of the government, completely preventing them from being able to do anything with that land. And then once the government realizes that they're not going to be able to screw people out of their homes, Donald Trump can sell all these homes back to these people at a better rate than they were getting on their mortgages anyway. But Donald Trump would get to be a hero to one of the most blue states in the country. While at the same time, fucking over the banks, fucking over the local Hawaii state government, and absolutely shitting all over Biden and the federal government's response. Like, Donnie, listen to me for a second. You'd be helping people. You'd be fucking over a state government. You'd be fucking over other rich elites. You'd be making Biden look like shit. And because that whole area was low income, it's not going to cost you a lot to do it. And the fact that somebody hasn't already advised you to do this means you should fire someone. And if you feel like it, hire me. But regardless of whether or not you fire anyone or hire me, do this. There is no reason not to. It would be awesome. What'd you folks think of that? That's a hell of an idea. I'm not a fucking insurance adjuster. I'm not a, a, a zoning administrator. But goddamn, that's a pretty fuck good idea. And that sounds like some shit that Trump would do because Trump uses his own money to help people all the time. And you never know. And people would criticize Trump for this, but hell, maybe Trump might, he might make a few bucks off of it. Right. Not as president. No, not as president. That'd be conflict of interest. Well, He's not president. So, it's all above board, as far as I can tell. Um, I don't know if this would work or not, but God, that sounds great. It might work. I think it would definitely benefit a lot of people a lot faster than the $700 that the government was going to offer them. Oh, that was fucking stupid. That was... I'm like, dude, their place was fucking torched so bad it liquefied. It fucking liquefied in a lot of times. Like, no. Like, 700's not the help you. No, not at all. And, and, And this is the thing we battle the most with both political parties. The corporate influences and, and the corruption between the government and 
big companies like insurance companies, which well, rule the fucking world. And the political lobby. Yeah. And they're, they're, I didn't know if they're still blocking people from their homes. They won't let the insurance adjusters show up yep. and evaluate the damage. Yep. And these people's homes don't exist. They're, they're homeless, for lack of a better term. And they can't pay their mortgage. So they're going to get foreclosed yep. on. Yeah. And the government doesn't give a fuck. Nope. And now, I, it's a state matter or a federal matter. I don't know. But when it comes to natural disasters, I think it's a federal federal thing. I still FEMA, say that it's both. Is FEMA heading up the disaster? Yes. Or is it or is it being handled by Red Cross? FEMA. Okay. FEMA is absolutely notorious for fumbling any of their natural disaster relief efforts. I don't think they, it's fumbling. Right. It's not fumbling. It's it, it's made to look like fumbling, but they're looking to make money for their buddies. I think that like they're looking Katrina. to land grab. Katrina. Say what, Keith? I think they're doing land grab. Because this was low-income housing that ended up getting torched. And we've seen this done back in the old cities and stuff where they would fucking literally torch out buildings to then build a whole high-rise high or whatever else. They're going to try to put resorts because it's right there near the ocean. You can look out and see it over the, the topography. You know, so it's like prime choice locations. Yeah, and like Nick said, same thing happened in Katrina, during Katrina. Yeah. Big fucking land grab. It is different out there. They're just waiting these people out. Joe, like you said, these people are homeless, and you know what? They cannot really wait forever. Right. You know, this was a lower-income neighborhood. These people are going to have to do something sooner or later. The big companies know it. Yep, you know, they're sweating the companies until have the money to wait. And these if people that, don't. If that doesn't work, they'll have the government come in and either do some type of an eminent domain type thing, or they'll just, you know, condemn the property, foreclose on it, and assume ownership. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. The second thing. They, they don't need eminent domain in this case because no, these people so. don't these poor folks they don't have the resources to fight back against this they need someone like trump john adams has john adams constitutional <laughs> attorney that guy is superman i'd like to hear what he has to say about this actually so would i he's 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 very sharp very smart attorney Especially at federal level. Yeah. I do not know who that is. He, he's another TikTok personality, but he's a he's an attorney, and he's... He, uh, he does a lot of 2A stuff out of Virginia. Yeah. Oh, cool. Please send some my way. Yes, we will. We surely will. But this this guy, I don't know if all this would work perfectly, 
because you know the moment Trump tries to buy all these properties that are in question, you know, there's going to be lawsuits, and Trump's already under the gun with lawsuits. His legal fees are a lot, but you know, sidebar here. A lot, I don't like this, but a lot of the the donations that are made to Trump, Trump's campaign do go to his legal fees. I, I don't, that, that sounds like it's not above table, but um, if, if those donations were to start going towards something like this, fuck yeah. Uh, where's the GoFundMe? I'm about broke, but I'll do- donate a little bit. These people need their houses back. Mm-hmm. Or they at least need that insurance check or that check from Trump so they can go do something different and you know continue on with their lives. Th- this has been the... A- a sort, aside from the border crisis... Oh, Jesus. You know what? Never mind. Uh, I'm in, in a second and a half there, as I was getting ready to say what I was going to say, uh, about 18 different debacles flashed through my head that have taken place under the Biden administration. Afghanistan, Ukraine, Israel and Hamas, the border crisis, the economy, inflation. More COVID. COVID. Uh but this, this one is is in particularly egregious because this is Americans. These people are American citizens. Yep. And they're high and dry. This is wrong. I didn't even know any of this was going on until you guys pointed this out. This is... And you, it's funny because I do remember that right after the fires happened, there were people saying, oh, this is what happened. You know, this is a land grab. They burn us out on purpose. And I remember they were immediately that too. called conspiracy theorists immediately. And they were shut down. And within a week, you didn't hear anything more about it. Yep. How long ago was this? This has been six months. Yeah, four, five, six months. June or July. What the fuck? These people still are not allowed back into that area where their homes were destroyed. And their insurance companies, quote-unquote, can't get in there to assess the damage and be able to cut the checks. These people need their checks. I'm not asking for government money for these people. These people were insured. This is not government money. This is corporate money. The CEOs ought to be fucking cutting personal checks. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's pure evil. Aren't there laws about insurance claims? And once a claim is initiated, there's a certain amount of time that the company has. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there are, but 
you know, the government does what it wants. And if the government won't let people in the area, then what's the insurance company to do? Oh, the insurance company is going to say, oh, sorry, we can't pay you because the government won't let us come in there and assess the damage. What are these poor citizens to do? I don't know. What are they to do? I don't know. I remember a Boston Tea Party and uh, a Revolutionary War. It's just so hard. To now you're to talking think about incentive that. structures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I will drink to incentive structures. Change them, motherfuckers. Fuck the government. Dude, I think that this has been a really good coming back, back to the saddle, if you will. Post hiatus, viral episode. That's right. We're gonna go viral. It's probably what I'll do. I'll do like your uh, Mr. DNA encode. Exactly. Yeah, this was a good one. Folks, I think that's our key to end it, right? I would say so, because we're sitting at one hour and 24 minutes. Yeah, well, I think we're good. Well, in that case... So, Joe, you going first? Folks enough. In that case, folks, um, sorry, but vote Trump. Fucking vote Trump. Let's let's get things back to normal. The normal craziness. Have a good week. And go fuck yourselves. Nick. And while I'm not as eloquent as Joe is, as we're kicking off this uh, next election season here, I think we all need to take a step back and remember we're all Americans and... Uh, um, those dirty illegals should not be allowed to vote. So, uh, hey, <laughs> um, you know, let's have a good, healthy election season. Uh, fuck the progressive socialists and uh, vote with your head in your pocketbook, not your heart. That's all I got. Have a good week, folks. Thank you all for tuning in and everything else, just like they all said. But I would say only citizens should be allowed to vote, period, end of story. I don't care if you don't like it. That's how it should be. Peace the fuck out. Bye. Deuces, bitches.